Hi, and welcome to Carbomb Podcast. I am your host, Chris Truscott Brown, and joining me are. Uh, oh. Uh, shit. Um, uh, hang on. Uh, theme song. Okay, welcome back. I still haven't found anybody. Um, well, I guess that means this is going to be a very short episode. Uh, real talk, though, we are all quite busy tonight, and so this is just going to be the shortest episode ever, because I'm not good at doing them solo. But I did want to mention a couple things, and probably the main reason that we are all so busy and tired we are getting ready for, uh, if you're listening to this as it comes out, for exactly one week, uh, we are going to be, again, hosting our Extra Life booth at the Pentacon, which is going to be happening on October 22nd and 23rd at the Penticton Trade and Convention Center. So if you are local to the Okanagan and listening to this, come check us out. Come say hi, uh, but most importantly, learn about a fantastic charity that we support. I'm sure you've heard about it before. Uh, but the other thing we're gearing up for is literally like a week later, we are going to be doing once again our annual Extra Life event. And that has not only, uh, that that is not only gotten us all worn out but i'm having kind of uh right now the traditional two weeks away oh shit oh shit oh fuck 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 shit 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 rest assured we got this we're gonna put on a good show for you but it's always a panic ahead of time and one of the things that i realized is i am once again i basically do uh uh, a pendulum of too much or too little uh, with caffeine addiction. And right now I am way too heavy into caffeine that I am not going to survive extra life if caffeine has no effect on me, which it does currently. So as of yesterday, I have gone cold turkey on caffeine and boy, I'm feeling it. And that's part of why this is going to be such a short episode. <laughs> But I'm going to need to be able to pound some uh, energy drinks and, and get through this. So this is my detox week. So I'm going to go to bed soon. But if you want to learn more about what we're doing with Extra Life, uh, see our schedule and the description of the event, you can find all that information easily at www.cbextralife.live slash donate. And by all means, go there to find information. But the keyword is right there. Donate. This is a charity supporting BC Children's Hospitals. We could not do this without the support and donations of everybody listening. And that's what this is about. This is a charity that one-to-one, every dollar goes towards the hospital that each team chooses. In our case, it's BC Children's Hospital. 
So this isn't one of those padded pay the executives and then pay the hospital. This is entirely 100% donated to the hospital. So please, it's a great cause. Again, that is www.cbextralife.live slash donate. Uh, I'm going to be honest with you. That, that little, uh, that little beer crack bit that I'm realizing right now is a stupid bit and doesn't even matter. I, uh, this is the third take. So I'm going to finish these three beers and then I'm going to go to bed. So like I said, shortest episode ever. Uh, I think I might clear five minutes though, after I had the theme song in the outro. Speaking of, outro. Hello, this is Peter, and I am not going to let this episode go by without talking at least a little bit about professional wrestling. <laughs> In particular, I need to talk about Antonio Inoki. Uh, you know, I'm honestly not sure which pronunciation is correct. <clears throat> it's important to know both of them. Uh, he was a professional wrestler. Uh, I've talked about him prior, and he's possibly one of the most important wrestlers in the history of the sport. So I think it's worth touching on him as he just passed away at the age of 79. Unfortunately, he had not been in good health for quite some time. Uh, and so despite being relatively young at 79, he really kind of physically fallen apart these last few years. So it was unfortunate to see him go out. Uh, it should be noted this is a guy who's in the WWF or WWE Hall of Fame, despite never actually technically wrestling for them. It's complicated. We'll get into that. <clears throat> so Antonio Inoki um, started in the 1960s, where he wrestled for a couple of different organizations in Japan, notably the Japan Pro Wrestling Alliance, the JWA. Uh, he was mentored by Ricky Dozan, who was known for being a very harsh, um, just intense teacher uh, who really kind of emphasized the physical aspect of pro wrestling, even though, you know, it's meant to be scripted, you know, it's like, he's like, just because it's air quotes fake doesn't mean it can't be intense. And between that and what he picked up from legendary uh, catch wrestler, catch wrestler being like the, the grappling element essentially of pro, pro wrestling, uh, from Carl Gotch. Uh, as a result, Inoki kind of developed this interesting style of high-intensity strikes combined with elaborate, basically British-style grappling, which became what's known as uh, strong-style wrestling, where it's like, oh, it looks like that guy hit him really hard. Yeah, because he did. This is going to be important for later. Um, but to get more, a little bit more into his early history, as a member of the uh, Japan Pro Wrestling Alliance, he teamed up with Giant Baba, probably the other most important Japanese wrestler in history. After that, he, like, it's, it's, it gets a little harder. Uh, Giant Baba, as you might imagine, was a huge man. And what happened is, in 1972, after uh, Inuki in particular was trying to take over the JWA and was fired, uh, Inuki and Baba both left and each created their own wrestling company. <laughs> Uh, not with Blackjack and Hookers in this case, but in this case, Noki created uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling, which is a company Chris, of course, is now a little more familiar with, and uh, 
is a very influential company. So this is the guy that created one of the most influential pro wrestling companies in the world, even though it's not necessarily the one everybody knows, you know, like, because WWE, of course, remains the, the brand, the brand name everybody knows. But that's cool. And Inoki, of course, making his own company, propped himself up as the champion. And like I said, he founded it in 1972. And he ended up uh, having a few infamous matches. Like, he had a match with Carl Gotch, first of all, his mentor, which was cool. Ricky Dozan, unfortunately, had been murdered by this point. He was a... Uh, he was killed under mysterious circumstances after a run-in with the Yakuza, which seemed to be a random accident as a result of a fight, but some believe to this day because Ricky Dozan was a North Korean defector. It was a secret assassination, so there's a bit of the folklore behind Inoki's uh, history. <clears throat> but, yeah, he, he, would, he, he had a bunch of patches against guys who just tried to beat the crap out of him, and Inoki, even though he's a pro wrestler, would be just like, no, no, no. You don't push me around. Just because what I do is fake doesn't mean you push me around. <clears throat> so as a result, um, one of his most famous matches was against Muhammad Ali, which was essentially an MMA match where neither guy could agree what the rules were going to be, so it resulted in Inoki constantly kicking Ali in the shins. It's a very bizarre thing. It's not a good thing match to go watch. But not only did this become a major plot point in Bad News Bears 3, <laughs> where Inoki is featured and he wants to have another match with Ali. It's a weird movie. But this is actually one of the modern... This stupid match between him and Muhammad Ali ended up being one of the genesis of Pride. Uh, Pride Fighting Championship, which was basically the precursor to the Ultimate Fighting Championship, UFC. So in a way, Inuki's stupid fight with Muhammad Ali ended up inspiring UFC. It's incredible, like, it's it's crazy because, like, some of the guys who ended up in Pride prior to, um, prior to Pride folding and becoming, uh, <clears throat> UFC, like, these are guys like, um, Wonderlay Silva, uh, Alistair Overeem, like, it's insane. Rampage Jackson, he was in there. Uh, Chuck Liddell was in there. Like, these were guys who fought with uh, Pride FC before they ended up in uh, UFC. So, and again, like, this all goes back to Inoki promoting a weird sort of MMA style. And it's worth noting that in 1979, well, Bob Backlund was in Japan... Bob Backlund being at the time the WWF champion, he lost a match to Antonio Inoki, and Antonio Inoki ended up winning the WWF championship. However, they couldn't agree on Inoki dropping the title back to Backlund, leading to a very confusing set of circumstances, and as a result, the WWF at the time did not acknowledge that Inoki had won the title. They would later kind of acknowledge it, although it's usually never listed as an official title reign in WWE history books. So it's weird. But, like, it definitely happened. He was he was WWF champion back when it was the WWF. It's it's a wild thing. And I already talked about um, 
a bit about what happened later in his career, how he ended up doing the collision in Korea, where he tried to promote world peace by wrestling Ric Flair in North Korea. But I didn't really touch on exactly what happened with him. So somewhere around um, the late 80s, Inoki decided he wanted to be a politician, and he ended up joining the House of Counselors. Um, and one of the things he actually did that was also good was during the uh, Saddam Hussein's Gulf War, the Gulf War, he negotiated the release of several hostages. I'm not 100 Japanese hostages. I'm not 100% clear if he used pro wrestling for this exactly, but it, it, was, it was a major coup for him. And it was one of his big his big things. Um, oh yeah, no, he 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 traveled to Iraq with Muhammad Ali. Oh sorry, no, he didn't do it with him. Sorry, I'm getting my details confused. He brought Muhammad Ali to North Korea. He did not bring Muhammad Ali to Iraq. But yes, he did organize a wrestling event in Iraq to help free Japanese nationals that were being held hostage by Saddam Hussein. What a guy. Um, but he ultimately got voted out in 1995 after the collision in Korea was basically a giant diplomatic failure, and he would do occasional stuff for New Japan Pro Wrestling as a result, even though he was quite old at the time, he was now well in his 50s. Uh, he ended up doing just the occasional, like, team up with other dudes and stuff like that, but he still had a stake in the company, and unfortunately, <clears throat> I praised him. I brought up how <clears throat> I brought up how his legacy was um, heavily mixing martial arts with wrestling. He unfortunately took it a little too far in his final years uh, before he sold his shares of uh, New Japan because he ended up deciding, "Hey, let's have more proper MMA-style champions," and this led to what's called Inokiism, where just it wasn't really pro wrestling anymore. It was a stupid, awkward MMA, but like not as not like the style that we got with UFC soon after. It was like a really piss poor prototype, and it led to champions that were just effing boring. Like everybody's favorite champion, Bob Sapp, best known for who the fuck is Bob Sapp? And exactly, I'm not going to explain. Yeah, but the good thing we got out of this is this did also lead, like, trying to salvage New Japan after this. We did get champions Hiroshi Tanahashi, who Chris might remember as the guy that faced John Moxley in the main event of AEW Forbidden Door. This was in 2003 when Tanahashi was first getting hot. And alongside him was Shinsuke Nakamura, a guy who's currently still in WWE and has been a multi-time Tag Team Champion, United States Champion, Intercontinental Champion, he won the Royal Rumble, he's had multiple world title shots, sadly, as of this recording, has not won a world title. But these are some of the guys who all owe it to Antonio Inoki, who, you know, as you can tell, maybe doesn't have the most elegant legacy, but in the end, is probably one of the most important figures in professional wrestling history, because he not only shaped modern pro wrestling, for good and for bad. I would say mostly for good. But he also basically helped inspire and create the UFC. Again, for good and for bad. And it's 
he, despite it all, he always tried to encourage peace with North Korea, you know, perhaps naive, almost certainly naive in his attempts, but he was, it was something he wanted to stake his legacy on. So we bid farewell to Antonio Inoki, and hopefully next episode I'll sound a little healthier, <laughs> and we'll actually talk about something maybe, well, Chris will interrupt me with questions. That'll be good. Okay. Sorry, I'm late, guys. Guys? Hello? Oh, shit. The whole thing's over. Alright. Outro. Three, two, one. Lipstick, trash bag, shatterproof glass. Tailpipe tread like recent chrome. Front bumper, universal bearing, aerial brake shoe, shock absorber. Fireball. What's the what's the aerial?